Hello guys, this is your girl pressing forward. I'm a messenger of God and encourager of his word. And this is also a transparency channel where I will be sharing my experiences with you because you never know who is going or growing through the same thing as you. And before we get started, any music played on this podcast or in the background, I do not own copyrights. So guys, today's word is our response is everything. That's right. Our response is everything. How we respond affects how we live. It affects our friendships or things around us. Affects how uh, well you do on your job, on a job, or how people look at you. How you respond when you are called to be a light in the body of Christ. You have to be different, and um. My message is coming from 1 Peter. I'm going to be going through 1 Peter chapter 1, pull some out of there, chapter 2, chapter 3, and even from Matthews, and I will get to that. So, you know, I was reading the scripture, and uh, I got to 1 Peter chapter 2, where it it, uh, was talking about, you know, how we're supposed to live. So anyways, 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 13 through, let me see, 13 through 16, I'm going to say that first, and it talks about how we are to prepare our minds for uh, action and exercise self-control, now guys, if you don't know, self-control is being able to respond uh, differently, like if someone says something to you that's very offensive, meaning hateful. It is your job to have self-control over your mouth and not let what they say get in your uh, emotions and react the way that they did. That's practicing self-control. Or let's say you're going somewhere, a nice uh, event that your job is having, and you have to be there. And there's drinks around it, and you know that, you know, you shouldn't be drinking or whatever, you know. And you practice self-control by you know, saying no or walking away from it, you know, responding differently. Our response is everything. There's many ways that you can practice self-control. Uh, self-control from uh, sexual immorality, you know, you're trying to keep yourself holy and sanctified before God. You know, uh, sometimes us Christians, people, whoever, we practice, uh, we fail, excuse me, we fail at practicing self-control when it comes to sexual immorality because then we get in these ungodly soul ties and next thing you know we're dealing with everything but the voice and hand of God like you're going through all type of different stuff unnecessary stuff that you didn't have to go through or anything because you didn't practice self-control you get in these ungodly soul ties where the person is toxic or or damaging to your spirit or soul or it could be you you know you know so you know there's many ways that you can practice self-control but it says that you know to put all our hope and grace and salvation that will come to us when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world 
to, to put all our hope in the gracious salvation that will come to us when Jesus Christ is revealed to the world. He says, so you must live as God's obedient children. Don't slip back into your old ways of living to satisfy your own desires. He said, you didn't know any better, but now you must be holy in everything you do. And I don't care where you are in life, everybody knows. You know, there was a saying, if you put your hand on the stove and you burn yourself, you know not to put your hand on that stove anymore. My thing is, like, once you know better, you do better. Some people never get to, some people never put their hand on the stove. Maybe they watch somebody else go through it because there's always somebody watching you go through something, how you respond. And, you know, once you know better, the thing is, once we know better, we're supposed to do better, but... That is another practice that we must obtain. That's why the message today is our response is everything. And we must practice self-control. And self-control is a part of responding in a better way. And then it says, remember that the scripture says, you must be holy because I am holy. And remember that the heavenly father to whom you pray has no favorites. He would judge or reward you according to what you do. So you must live in reverent fear of him during your time here as temporary residence. And this is verses 17 uh, down to 18. It says, for you know that God paid a ransom to save you from the empty life you inherited from your ancestors. And it was not paid with mere gold or silver, which lose their value. It was paid by the precious blood of Jesus Christ, the sinless, spotless lamb of God. And God chose him as a ransom long before the world began but now in these last days he has been revealed for your sake so jesus came so that we may have life and life more abundantly now to move forward with how we respond is everything so in chapter 2 of first peter he tells us to get rid of evil behavior we supposed to, because you know, if you remember in Romans 12, 1 through 2, it tells us to offer our body, offer our body as a living sacrifice. As a, to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, excuse me, guys, pleasing and acceptable to God's will and his promises for our life. We're supposed to offer our bodies as a living sacrifice, pleasing God and accepting his perfect will and his plan for our life. And then it says in the verse two, it says, be not of this world, but be ye transformed, self-control by the renewing of your mind. How can you be transformed by the renewing of your mind? Self-control is one of those things. Self-control, our response is everything. How you respond to situations, either you're going to engage in it or you're not. Because like if you, if somebody talk bad to you or whatever, and you, you know, whatever it may be, wherever the case may be, and you respond the same way. That they do, how is that going to make you look? You're going to look like them. You know? And let's say it's on a job, you both could get fired. And if you had to not respond the way they did, you'll be making, they will be looking like a fool. They wouldn't, you wouldn't, and you would still have your job. I mean, there's, you know, many ways to respond differently. Just like you may think one night of pleasure is the best thing going and if you would have practiced self-control then this would have never happened that would have happened i mean not condemning no one don't condemn yourself don't beat yourself up get back up you know and do what's right because when you know better you do better but what i'm saying is our response is everything 
our responses can affect our livelihood. It can bring us to a wrongful fate because people nowadays are angry. So just imagine if you do see two people arguing and that person comes back and hurt another person. You know, anything can lead to that. And you got to just respond differently than anybody, you know, or anything. You got to practice self-control. So it tells us to get rid of evil behavior, be done with all deceit. That means lies and manipulation, you know, not stupid to other people's level. It says hypocrisy, being hypocritical. You tell somebody to do something, you're doing the same thing, you know, being judgmental or whatever. Jealousy and all unkind speech. That means vulgar language, calling each other names. Sometimes, like I said, you know, we got to let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be pleasing and acceptable to God, our strength and our redeemer. And what I mean by that is we must revere God. Some people think revering and, and fearing God is like, ooh, being scared. But it's mostly like, you know, he's watching. You know, he's taking, you know, how they do with the Santa Claus thing. Uh, he's, he, he's, he's checking his list. He's checking it twice. He's going to find out if you're naughty or nice. That's how God is. He's checking his list and he goes right down twice and going to see if you're going to be naughty or nice. No, I'm just joking. But literally, he writes down these things, you know, things that we do. He keeps a record. And, you know, if we don't change our behavior and we continue in the same way on Judgment Day, we will be held accountable for those actions, those responses. Anyways, um, it says... It says, like newborn babies, we must crave pure spiritual milk so that we will grow into a full experience of salvation and cry out for this nourishment. So we should want change. We should want to do better. And we should want, you know, God's will for our life, his plans for our life. Because, you know, there's peace. There's peace in it, guys. So to get down to it, as I step into the end of 1 Peter chapter 2, which I will get back to Matthews now. But I've been just going back and forth between First Peter chapter uh, two and First Peter chapter one. I'm going, you know. But anyways, it says in verse eleven of First Peter chapter two through I'm gonna read through twelve. It says, "Dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents, which means." You know how you read in the Bible, it says we're just grass that can wither away. Our life is here today and gone tomorrow. And with all the things going on in the world, people dropping like flies from left to right, we can see that we're just temporary residents. It says, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners, which means we do not belong to this world, to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your very souls be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God when he judges the world. So as you can see, we are supposed to practice that self-control. We are supposed to respond differently. Our response is different. I mean, our response, excuse me. Yeah, our response is different. It's supposed to be different. Like if somebody throws something at you, you know, you don't go throw in the back because it might wage war. You know what I'm saying? It's going to start something. But look what it says here. It says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. 
Then if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior and they will give honor to God. So just think if somebody's being mean to you, hateful to you, or if you decide not to engage in sinful activities and some of your friends or others, you know, they're like, dang, you know, such and such has really changed or this person hasn't done nothing to me. And guess what? You create by letting God use you, others, you create other believers of Jesus Christ, other followers. You create followers of Jesus Christ. You who are a light seated on a hill that cannot be hidden, creates other followers of Jesus Christ because your response was everything. Because you never know who's watching. So just think, if you're engaging in sinful activities or if you go and argue with it, uh, other people and somebody's watching, they was like, they're going to be like, well, she can't tell me nothing or he can't tell me nothing because look how they are living. Or, you know, uh, she can't tell me nothing because she did this with Bob or he did this with Jerry the other day, you know. So we have to be careful of how we live. So, uh to go on further, I thought this was so profound, guys, that I wrote it down. And um, it's the end of First Peter chapter 2. But let me, before I go in it, let me read, abbreviate a little bit more, go in a little bit more on what I was saying. It said, it is God's will that your honorable lives, this is verse 15 of chapter 2, should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Because can't nobody accuse you if you're not doing nothing wrong. And even if they do accuse you, it says, God is your vindicator. It says, for you are free, yet you are God's slaves. So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Respect everyone and the love of family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. So now to go to the end of 1 Peter chapter 2. I thought this was so beautiful. You know, that Jesus Christ was the great example the greatest response, the greatest everything for our life, showing us that what's impossible to man is possible through him. So I wrote down first Peter is first Peter chapter two, verses 22 through 25. So I'm going to tell you guys what I wrote, which is how I came up with our responses, everything. So the first thing it says, because I'm reading from the New Living Translation version. If you guys are wondering, that's the that's what I'm reading from now. So it says, be anyways, hold on. I was gonna say be kind, but that's not the part to start on. Hold on. Okay, it says in verse 22, it says, He never sinned nor deceived anyone. And you know, the Holy Spirit gave to me, be kind to those even when they are not kind to you. He never sinned. He didn't have to be like them. He never sinned. He didn't have to be like them. He didn't engage in ungodly activities. I mean, if you read Psalms 1, it talks about, you know, that the person that does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly is blessed. Nor sinners in the way of sinners, nor sit in the seat of mockers, how blessed they are. You got to be different. It's, it says that he has called us to be set apart. Uh... By being transformed, by the renewing our, of our minds and living a godly life. 
So anyways, it says he never sinned. And I put he didn't have to be like them or deceived anyone, which means nor did he have to lie or manipulate. I see a lot of, you know, people and I've been in those things where you're going back and forth with someone and next thing you know, because you're trying to win the conversation or you're trying to have that victory or whatever, you start, you, you're not realizing that the enemy using both of y'all and you too, you know, both of y'all, you start lying and you start manipulating. So it says he never sinned. He didn't have to be like them or deceived anyone. I said, nor did he have to lie or manipulate. It says he did not retaliate when he was insulted. And it's so many of us, I'm guilty myself, where I've been assaulted and I retaliated. It says he did not retaliate when he was insulted. He paid no one evil for their evil. That's what I put. The Holy Spirit gave to me. He paid no one evil for their evil. And he didn't stoop to their level when they did him wrong. So he did not retaliate when he was insulted. Which means he paid no one evil for their evil and he didn't stoop to their level when they did him wrong. It says, nor did he threaten revenge when he suffered. And the Holy Spirit gets me. He didn't wish bad on them or let his emotions cause him to say things or do things when they did him wrong. I thought that was so profound because he was the great example. He showed us how to respond better than the way that we do. And that's how so many friendships, businesses, relationships, families. That's what that's what causes a lot of division in the world today is words. I mean, you can make vows. As, as somebody said, you know, you can make a vow or a promise with your words. And if you don't own up to it, it can cause problems or issues. You know, you could just say anything, you know. And I think that's where a lot of stuff come in, things that shouldn't have been said that was hurtful to another, you know, when you're in anger, you say stuff. Or sometimes, you know, sometimes a lot of people are not aware of their ignorance or arrogance and they say stuff and hurt a person not intending to, but it happens, you know. It's why we got to learn to respond differently because our response is everything. And, um... Going on, excuse me, I have a bit of a cold, but it's my, well, really my sinus. So it's like, I got a cold, but it's sinus. I don't know, you know, it's sinus. Anyways, uh, it also says he left his case in the hands of God, our heavenly father. Now, listen to that. He left his case in the hands of God. I love the New Living Translation because that was so deep. He left his case in the hands of God who always judges fairly. And the Holy Spirit gave to me. He casts all his cares. He gave all his problems and concerns or troubles to the Father. And then it says he personally carried our sins in his body on the cross. He held in everything we did. And took it to the cross. And you know what? Like I said, our words or the things, our actions, our actions, our responses too. And how we choose to act or, or the things that we choose to say affects our relationships with people. And so I, I thought of the verse. I can't look it up right now. But if you look it up, I promise you, like Jesus said, it is written. 
It says that we are to pick up our cross and walk. Pick up our cross. Our cross, what is picking up our cross? That means like when people come to treat you or things are going crazy with you in your life. I mean, even turmoil, life's troubles, maybe bills or whatever can cause you to respond wrongly to people because you're upset at what's going on at home or what's going on in your life currently. And the thing is, whether it's people or you yourself, you got to take that to God. You got to cast all your, it says for him to, for you to cast all your cares onto the father because he cares for you. It says to be anxious for nothing, but to, but to pray about everything. And one thing I can say in this season that I've been in, I have to learn, I have learned to pray because sometimes, a lot of times God will put you in a place where you just, it's just you and him. That is such a true statement that God will put you in a place where it's just you and him. And you're going to, either way it go, you're going to learn to cast your curse to him. You're going to learn that you got to, tr- that you can only trust God. Because sometimes you go in those seasons where you realize who is and who ain't. But you have to pick up your cross, show them love, and trust God through your circumstances and situations. And our response is everything but the thing I love about Jesus is that the fact that he didn't stoop to nobody's level, he didn't act like they did. He still showed love, grace, and he took it all the way to the cross and said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And that is the biggest thing we need to learn to, to forgive. Because it says that if we can't forgive others, he can't forgive us. He said for us to love our enemies. Do good to them when they do wrong to us. It don't mean that we got to hang around them or nothing, but we still got to show mad love, guys. You know, I'm learning to show grace because the grace that God gave is God has given me because I have not been perfect this season. But I thank God that he left the 99 for this girl right here. He left the 99 for me. And he, if he do it for me, no matter where you at in life, no matter how bad of a situation you think you're in or how bad you felt like you've been, God is so merciful, so graceful, so loving. His love is everlasting. He will snatch you up at the lake of fire and bring you into a place of heaven. Do you hear me? He will snatch you up. He will supply all of your needs according to your riches and glory because he is God and God all by himself. And he loves us with an everlasting love. So that is my message, guys. And I hope you are blessed. I'm going to say it. I'll leave out with a prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Father God, for your son, Jesus, who bared all our sins, our concerns, our problems, everything on the cross so that we can be free. And I thank you, Lord, that by his stripes, we are healed. We are delivered. We have everything we need because he is our shepherd and we shall not want. Heavenly Father, I pray, Lord, that at the sound of my voice, including myself, that you would touch each and every one of our hearts. 
saturate our hearts, that you will remind us by your Holy Spirit when we come into trials of fire or situations where we have maybe been our own, caused our own messes, God, that you will saturate our hearts to respond differently. And Lord, help us to learn from those things and be a better person and be holy because you are holy. Help us, Heavenly Father, that when we are in the heat of the fire or we're going through any situation to respond differently, to respond with love, with grace, with silence, whatever it is, God, I just ask that you touch our minds, Lord, to be not of this world, but be transformed, to offer up our bodies, to be a living sacrifice, to do what is right before your eyes, to do what Jesus did for us, to pray for our enemies, love our enemies, respond differently. Even if we're going through situations or messes that we caught up on ourselves, Lord, I pray that we don't take our problems and take it out on others, but we be loving and joyful and God trusting you who care for us to take care of our situations. So, Lord, I give you glory. I give you honor. I give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen.